here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Shake Them Ropes. We are a podcast talking about all the happenings in WWE, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, whatever the case may be. Uh, we are talking about it here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. In keeping with the theme of Voices of Wrestling this week, one of the things Jeff and I will be discussing is CM Punk's Hall of Fame candidacy. It is Hall of Fame voting month uh, for all of those voting for the Dave Meltzer Wrestling Observer Newsletter Hall of Fame. CM Punk, it is his first year on the ballot. We are going to discuss today the pros, the cons of his candidacy. We're going to talk about whether we would put him in, uh, whether we should wait a little bit, or whether he doesn't deserve to go in. Uh, So we're going to be doing this this month. Uh, We're going to take some different controversial characters that are on the ballot and uh, kind of give the pros and cons for him. So we start this week with CM Punk. We'll also be running down WWE Raw from Monday night. We'll talk about NXT TakeOver, the special event coming up Thursday on the WWE Network. We are going to give our preview and predictions, as well as talking about the notes from the Triple H conference call. So we'll be back with Jeff Hawkins in just a moment to talk all of this and more on Shake Them Ropes. On Shake Them Ropes, we want everyone to be able to join the conversation. Follow us on Twitter, at Shake Them Ropes, to get our latest recording and show schedule, as well as the topics we'll be discussing. If you have something you'd like to say on air, we want to hear it. Give us a call on Skype or the phone anytime. Leave a voice message with your thoughts, and we will play it on our show. Our Skype name is Let's Say Things. That's L-A-T-S-S-A-Y-T-H-I-N-G-S. And our phone number is 260-494-3811. We also take calls live while recording. So follow us on Twitter to know when you can reach us live. All of our info is at shakethemropes.com slash about, including on how you can subscribe to our show on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, and all of your favorite podcasting platforms. If you like the show, please tell your friends and support us by rating and reviewing us on iTunes. We appreciate all your support in helping Shake Them Ropes grow. And be sure to check us out also on VoicesOfWrestling.com. VoicesOfWrestling.com is home to pro wrestling coverage from everywhere in the world. And this month, Voices of Wrestling will be covering the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame. If you're a seasoned follower of Dave Meltzer's Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame, or a new fan fascinated with the history of wrestling, VoicesOfWrestling.com is the prime destination this month for all things Hall of Fame. That's VoicesOfWrestling.com. And we're back on Shake Them Ropes, now with Jeff Hawkins. Jeff, hello. How are you today? Is this the season premiere of Shake Them Ropes? It is the season premiere. We have gone through our trial season. We did get picked up for season two. We are debuting our second season today. We are the 
shortest running episodic weekly podcast of wrestling on voices of wrestling on voices of wrestling (laughs) stay tuned for the november sweeps episodes where i get married and rob has a baby yes (laughs) only three of them though and then we do a time jump so as not to have to go through the children episodes and in the end it turns out that my wife dies and then in the end it turns out (laughs) that i was never pregnant at all you never existed but that's november sweeps we've already given too much away you never got to jump back to your home time yeah the season premiere of shake them ropes brought to you by the steve wilco show uh, we are on the Voices of Wrestling uh, podcast network. Contact us at Shake Them Ropes on Twitter. So we have a lot to get to, Jeff. There's yes. been a lot happening. Mm-hmm. Probably the most that's happened in a period where really nothing has happened. It's kind of one of those weeks. Uh, we are going to start with an argument. Oh. And you know yes. why we're starting with this. So you Because sent, I opened my big mouth, that's why. You sent me an email today. <laughs> Dave Meltzer on the Wrestling Observer on his front page, has a poll going on right now. The poll is entitled, Who is the Biggest Star Right Now? And he's asking who the biggest star is relating to wrestling, MMA, and UFC figures. Okay? No, he's just asking who the biggest star is. Yeah, the biggest star. Out of yeah. out of these, he gives a list of, I think it's like 12 or 13 names. They're all pro wrestling, WWE and boxing related. Yes. Boxing, MMA related. Those are the list of names. But he's asking who the biggest star is. You send me an email. Basically, at the time you sent it, number one in the poll was Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. Has that changed? After about, It has changed. Oh, it has. Okay, well then disregard my argument. No, well, I mean, it's changed <laughs> because of a lot of uh, nonsense. Okay. With a thousand votes on his poll, Dwayne Johnson was the leader. Um, at the time you sent it, Floyd Mayweather, I believe, was second. Rousey was third. And, and Rousey uh, was third, and CM Batiste. Punk was fourth. Uh, oh, CM Punk was above Batista? Oh, no, you may have been right. Batista was probably fourth, and then CM Punk was fifth or sixth. Right. Okay. So, Dwayne Johnson, you send me saying, I think people are overvaluing Dwayne Johnson here. I don't think he's the biggest star right now. Is that Was that the crux of your argument? That's the crux of my argument, yeah. I, I mean, and especially with Floyd and Ronda and even Batista. Yes, well, that's the one I really want to get to. <laughs> you you took issue with me. You you said, okay, so The Rock is not the biggest star. It's either Ronda Rousey or Batista. Well, I skipped over Floyd, and I forgot Floyd. Yes. That's my bad. Floyd is, of course, bigger than... Leave Floyd Mayweather out of the argument. All right. Because, okay, he's ahead. But basically, you're, the two names you were giving... We're Ronda Rousey and Dave Batista. I want to ask you, Jeff. Yes. Why is Dave Batista a bigger star right now than The Rock? Because he has the number one movie in the country. So? And has for the last month and a half. Yes. Would you not say that part of Dwayne Johnson's argument against him being the top star is that he is... His movies that make a lot of money were movies that he was part of an ensemble cast for. No, I will argue. Yes. And I will argue that. And I'll say that he can't carry a movie. Okay. Okay. But but, But now your argument for Batista. No. no, 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 no. No, And I get that it weakens my argument somewhat. Here's what strengthens my argument. Guardians of the Galaxy is far more popular than anything. Even Fast and Furious than Dwayne Johnson has done in terms of the audience base and the people it's reached. Okay. Because all ages could go see Guardians of the Galaxy, and and not all ages could go see Fast and Furious 52. Right. 
But if you showed a picture of Dwayne Johnson in his most famous role and a picture of Drax, mm-hmm. who are children going to be able to pick out better? Wait, Batista as, say that again? Batista, okay, you show Batista as Drax. Yeah. And you show Dwayne as anything. Yeah, more people are going to... Yeah, but your argument now is that Drax is the biggest star, not Batista. Yes, people will recognize Drax, but they're not going to know who plays Drax. No, they're not one in the same. One is a character, one's a person. We're asking who the biggest star is. You're going on who's the biggest star if I gave you a name. Yes. I'm going on who's the biggest star if I gave you a picture. A picture of him as Drax. If you give a picture of Batista, I think half... If you were just to walk on the street in New York City... This is terrible radio, but continue. No, if you were to walk (laughs) on the street in 20 people in Times Square, for example, and you show them a picture of Dave Batista as a wrestler, or maybe just Dave Batista in a suit. No, Dave Batista in a suit, okay? Okay, this was my B point. My A point was I thought wrestling fans were overvaluing Rock's Q value. Yeah. They may be. I, I think out of all the that people listening, I'm going to go through the list. That was my main point. No, you can... I'm going to go through I, the list. I will concede the point if you want, if we can move on. <laughs> CM Punk, Dwayne Johnson, Floyd Mayweather, Ronda Rousey, Dave Batista, John Cena, Hulk Hogan, Undertaker, which shouldn't be on the list, Manny Pacquiao, Canelo Alvarez, Marcus Maidana, and Anderson Silva. Right now, the leader is CM Punk in the poll after 1,500 votes because people are trolling the poll at this point. Oh, okay. But when it was a real vote, Dwayne Johnson was leading. Floyd Mayweather, Mayweather was second. CM Punk was about fifth. Uh, Dave Batista was down there. Uh, Dave Batista being a bigger star than The Rock, as far as a mainstream, right I don't now, think is yeah. This is, moment, at right now, at this moment, is not even close to true. September tenth. Dwayne Johnson is so a bigger star. Whether you want to do it in a different ways, if you want to show a picture of Batista in a suit and then Rock in a suit, more people will know The Rock. I'll show The Rock as Hercules. I'll show Batista as Drax. More people will know The Rock. I don't think so. Yes. I think people will say, more oh, that's adults, Drax. More, Who more plays adult, Drax? More adults might. Who plays Drax? Oh, I don't more, know. Some guy. More, more adults might. I think more kids are going to know who, because I think The Rock's days of kiddie movies has, has passed and they've grown older now. I think more but, kids would still a, know The asking, Rock name over Dave Batista. A, you're asking wrestling fans, and B, I, you know, I still think that in terms of a younger demographic, I think, I think it's Drax, but hey, that's me. Again. If you're going to point out who's the bigger character. You just wanted to win. This is well, this is an easy ar- This was an easy argument to win. I know. If you have thoughts on who the biggest star is, tweet us at Shake Them Robes. But anyway. And if you agree with me, tweet Rob. Yeah. Well, I don't think there's anyone. That, I honestly <laughs> don't ask, think. I'm going to be asking for other tweets. I think you are in a vast minority on I'm thinking just... that Batista is a bigger star than The Rock right now. Even with the right now in quotation marks. Look, if I'm going to quote Orwell, being a minority of one doesn't mean that you're wrong. Uh, it's Well, in this case, it does. Okay. In this case, I, I'm pretty sure it does. I, that's the only time I'll ever quote Orwell on this. We show. had uh, we had some sad news in the world of pro wrestling. Uh, sad news just because death is sad. I, it's something that happens, but when it's not your time, it's not your time. You're selling the sadness so well. Um, Sean O'Hare, dead at the age of 43, coming out uh, today that... Of an apparent suicide, uh, most oh, likely. Yeah. Uh, so another hanging. We've had, you know, some uh, some hanging deaths coming up lately. Uh, you know, one of the one of the girls from this female 
uh, rock or female pop group just died from suicide. We had Robin Williams, of course, was the biggest one. And no, 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 no. The female pop group was the Korean group, and they both died in a car crash. No, fem- this uh, woman from the female group GRL, uh, oh, who was on oh, the one, the European X Factor. Um, okay. Yeah, she had she had died. Now Sean O'Hare uh, died of an apparent suicide. Uh, so that's it. Getting some coverage. It's currently the top story on TMZ. Uh, so that's mm. getting some coverage. Sad. He was uh, 43. And I was starting to think of uh, what I remembered Sean O'Hare from. And of course, he was a WCW tag champion. He was short-lived in WWE. He had this, what I thought had a lot of potential, this gimmick he was doing where he was, you know, it was kind of like Bray Wyatt in a different sense back in like the 2003 age. There was yeah. a time where he was the protege of Roddy Piper. And I was going back to see what he was actually doing in 2003. And I completely forgot for the moment about the Sean O'Hare and Roddy Piper feud with not Hulk Hogan, but Mr. America. Well, you got to remember that they added Piper to that after they started the vignettes. Um, For me, what a blur um, 2003 was as far as SmackDown goes. Yeah. But for me, I, I was into Sean O'Hare. Yeah. Uh, in WCW. Okay. I thought that, I thought that Jindrak O'Hare team was money. And I mean like road warrior potential money in terms of these two big jacked up dudes who could move. Uh, O'Hare's doing sentons off of the top rope. Mm-hmm. Um, they were a team that really got me back excited about the future of WCW because sure. I am, I'm an admittedly, you know, I'm a historical NWA guy. I was always rooting for WCW to overcome the, for lack of a better term, the Hogan curse. And I thought that these two guys, and I love tag team wrestling. I thought these two guys were it. Yeah. And when they started mixing and matching them with partners, when they brought them into WWE after the collapse, uh, and they lost Mike Sanders as a mouthpiece, and they started teaming Jindrak with, I believe, Palumbo. Uh, it lost a little bit of the magic. and uh, But Sean O'Hare, for me, stood out because he just had a look. I mean, he had, he had kind of the the gelled, spiked hair and that, that weird goatee mm-hmm. thing. He looked like a devil. Yeah. And I think that's probably how he got that gimmick in WWE. But I mean, he just screamed evil badass to me, and I I I marked so hard for him. I like the look he had with him. that with that Piper feud, where the hair was a little bit longer. And yeah, the WCW time it was good. Just I, there was so much trash going on in WCW yeah. that it was hard I mean, to stand born, out. The natural born natural born thrillers were you know, and they tried hard with them, but they, but they just had so much garbage going on. I mean, they they were more or less the Spirit Squad slash Nexus done correctly. They were kind of the nexus. But, but, yeah, that's but, a good comparison. But, but done with poor writing because sure. they, yeah, Russo doing all a lot of it. But I mean, they were pushed to the moon and probably pushed a little bit too quick. I mean, especially because you had all the, you know, Mike Sanders became the general manager and the evil authoritarian figure, and it got all mucked up in that. But man, that Jindraco hair team, I I loved it. It was good stuff. I mean, it's. I mean, Jindrak's gone on to uh, do a lot of Mexican wrestling and do some other things, and he's doing well for himself. But Sean O'Hare, kind of once he left WWE, just kind of fell fell off the face of the earth. I know he tried MMA there for a bit, and then here we are in 2014, about 10 years after his last WWE run, and and he is uh, he has taken his life. So well, it's almost like they thought 
you know, once he got to WWE that he was money too, but they just didn't want to put the rocket behind him. I think they liked him. Obviously, you put him in a feud with Hogan and Piper and, he's, you know, something's going right for you. But, you know, you're the third wheel there. You're yeah. not the guy. You're not the guy to get over there. So, I mean, that that just frustrated me. And I guess I, I don't I forgot about how he exited the WWE, but. I don't think it went well. Let's put it that way. No, not after all that. Uh, one thing I was noticing, we talked about last week, it was Attitude Era on the mm-hmm. WWE Network. Uh, so mm-hmm. they put up a lot of Attitude Era Raws and the, the night Chris Jericho uh, debuted, that Raw is up there. Some of the Invasion stuff is up there. Um, episode 5 of the Monday Night War documentary debuted this week on Tuesday. Um, I wasn't... I didn't look ahead to see what episode five was going to be about. Uh, so I honestly didn't know going into it. I figured it would be a WCW episode, seeing as how we've had the last two episodes were WWE centric. But no, right. we had another WWE centric episode with the rise of Mick Foley. So out of the five episodes of Monday Night War, the first one being the War Begins, that was kind of a WWE WCW kind of combo episode. Mm-hmm. Episode two was the rise of NWO, which was WCW centric. And the next three, Embracing the Attitude, A New Degeneration, and Have a Nice Day, were WWE-centric. So, You're surprised. You sound, by your tone, you sound surprised I'm, I'm a little this. surprised. I, I thought not necessarily that they were going to go back and forth, but I thought they weren't going to do three episodes in a row about the WWE side. I mean, they still got a lot to get to on the WCW side, and really the draw of the Monday Night War would be to see what WCW was doing. I mean, at least to me... Uh, but uh, yeah, another WWE episode, The Rise of Mick Foley this week. I'm uh, not shocked by this. No, I, I, I mean, because it's all about how the WWE comes out looking. Remember, right. the, the, the WCW stuff is just a fluke. Okay, yeah. They were doing good stuff, but really, it, it, it's not about what WCW was doing better than us. It's just we needed to step up our game. So it's about us. Sure. Us being WWE, which is wrong. But also, I, I th- I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt here. Um, the WWF stuff is more ready than the WCW stuff in terms of being edited and stuff because you already have DVDs about this. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a little bit of let's use the material we have that's at the ready while we're continuing to edit and create new episodes on this hand. I'm not even sure they have all of the episodes mapped out yet. I hope they do. But, you know. Yeah, they they may not. You would think if you're gonna plan twenty episodes, you better know what you're gonna fill episode nineteen and twenty with. You would think hope. of think of it as a WWE match, and this is the face getting the early jump on the heel, mm-hmm. and eventually somewhere midway, you'll get the heat on, and then the big comeback. Yeah. Hey, I, at some point you got to do the Goldberg episode. Yeah. At some point you got to do the Sting episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to have to do, um, I know they kind of hit on it in the NWO episode where it kind of fizzled out, but I think there's really something to be done more in the uh, 1999 range with the real fizzing out of the NWO. Uh, you're going to do obviously 2000, 2001. There's a lot of content still there. I thought it would just be more even in episodes. Yeah, I know. And it, but it's a lot of it. Remember is going to, and this is why I'm not going to watch it is mm-hmm. going to be about WCW fizzing out because this is an ego stroke. Yeah. Yeah. Very well. Uh, so we get to uh, current WWE. Let's talk about Raw from this week. All right. 
Um, the season premiere. The of season Raw. premiere of Raw with special <laughs> guest star Jerry Springer. He was a uh, guest on the show. His not his first time appearing. He's been on before. So welcome back, Jerry. I thought it was a much better show overall than the last couple of weeks we got. Uh, That's I'm not, not saying. Much. I'm not going to call it, you know, a great show, but it no. was better, thankfully. And you know what? The big thing on this episode of Raw, you know, argue whether you liked it or you didn't like it. Time went by quicker on this episode of Raw. Oh, I, I, well. It, there was some stuff on here where I'm thinking. I also, I also watch it on DVR, so it right, went by I, quicker, here I am literally. Every week so that I can write my recap for F4W online, I watch it live. Okay, so I watch all three hours and some Raws I can really feel it. Like, it'll feel like two hours and only one hour has gone by. This you know week, yeah, it went ahead. by pretty quickly. I, the first half, once it got through the NXT match and we were about an hour and a half in, I thought, okay, this Raw's going at a pretty good pace. Yeah, After the NXT match, it slowed down a bit. Well, also, starting with a match instead of a 20-minute interview segment yes. tends to make it go faster. That did I help. Think. And I think that's what really, really helped. Now, it was about 50-50 of really good and not so good. How about that? I'll be... I'll be diplomatic that way, but uh, overall, you know, they hit the points they were going to hit. Yeah. <laughs> we had Raw opening with the uh, cage match, the blow-off to the feud of Bray Wyatt and Chris Jericho. Uh, Bray Wyatt did win it. Uh, they had a regular match. There wasn't a whole lot of interference. Uh, the uh, The Wyatt family was around the ring, just so Chris Jericho couldn't escape that whole deal. Um, but yeah, we had Bray Wyatt winning. We had Bray Wyatt decimating Chris Jericho afterwards with the sister Abigail. So Bray Wyatt is the winner of this feud and Chris Jericho this. can move on. I get this, but nothing drives me more nuts than saying this is the blow off to the feud, which they said on air or this is the blow off. They basically, I, on commentary without saying those words, they said, I think they this said looks the like the end of this rivalry. Yeah. They look the end or, or yeah, they said that, but nothing drives me nuts by then saying this is the end of the rivalry and then it being a race to get out of the cage. That's that's my only complaint. I mean, but that's WWE, and that's how they do cage matches. At the I same think, time, I think I think in the finality, you want that pin in the center of the ring, yeah, or the submission. That and that's finality. That's final to me. Not not crawling over the other guy to make sure your feet hit first. Although I liked the ending. Don't get me wrong; it was clever, but it was too clever to me. To but me, that's nitpicky. I, I enjoyed the match. I mean, Jericho flying off the top of the cage, doing the same shrug spot, which yeah. always is fun. I mean, at 44 was amazeballs. So. He, uh, the match was good. I mean, nothing wrong with the match. It was a good start to Raw. Um, to me, I didn't like the ending just because it was a little anticlimactic. I mean, Bray Wyatt just kind of falls down as they're right. racing out of the cage. So that was a little weird. Um, Chris Jericho, oddly enough, the loser of this match, he's the one that has a match for Night of Champions. Right. So they kind of had to they had to keep him a little strong because he's got to wrestle at Night of Champions. And Bray Wyatt at this point has nothing for that pay-per-view. Where does Bray Wyatt go from here? Uh, You've stumped our panel. Right. Um, I I don't know where he goes from. uh, He's certainly not going to get a match at Night of Champions just because that show is kind of full right now. Um, Do you put him back together with the Wyatt family in six mans against people? Do you? Do you put him off in another singles feud? And if so, who does he go with? I mean, I don't know what they're going to do with Bray Wyatt at this point. And I think it's going to be two weeks before we find out. I guess you have to keep him on the back burner until you decide. I mean, he's just going to be kind of there. Uh, and he's turning face eventually. 
You would think so. I don't know if that's going to happen right away. I don't think right away, but... But that's the question I have, but, is but, where does but, Bray Wyatt but, go from here? But given no other options, I mean... You can unless you're going to put him down on the mid-guard against, like, Adam Rose. Yeah, <laughs> you put him against Adam Rose, you feud him with... Uh, with the Dolph bunny. Ziggler, or whoever one of the mid card champions is, maybe. I mean, that maybe that's what they do. They put him with Dolph Sheamus, Ziggler, but Sheamus after the Cesaro thing could do Sheamus. Uh, just because it's this is the first pay per view again. I think they'll keep Sheamus and Cesaro together for another pay per view. But the mm-hmm. Ziggler Miz feud, say if Ziggler wins, that's something that they could break off because that would be the you know the second win for Dolph Ziggler on pay per view. So you could do it. There's things you can do. What they do, I have no idea. Um, that was the open. Uh, speaking of Dolph Ziggler, uh, we had Dolph Ziggler doing, you know, comedy with the Miz. My God, for a man who does stand up, <laughs> just doesn't control the ring very well on the microphone. I like me. Dolph Ziggler. Dolph I like Ziggler, him a lot. He promotes himself as being the best at everything, and you know, he's he's very good in the ring, talking. With a solo mic being the guy that has to carry a segment, not yeah. so much yet. No, I mean, I like his work. I like Dolph a lot, but when you put him in that, and I think he's more comfortable doing this as a baby, I mean, as a heel. Uh, that said, uh, Damian Sandow <laughs> is phenomenal. Damian Sandow Again. is hilarious in this segment. Oh, my God. But the thing with well, Dolph Ziggler is there's a difference between cockiness and confidence. John yes. Cena has confidence. Dolph Ziggler yes. has cockiness, and it doesn't come across well, especially as a babyface. No, I agree. Uh, AJ Lee and Paige defeated Rosa and Natalia. This was half a promotion of Total Divas, half mm-hmm. a promotion of AJ Lee and Paige going into their title match with and, Nikki Bella, and half terrible. Well, it was, it was, oh, the feud. It was Although good with that, I, Natty. That's the most athletic I've seen her in a long time in terms of doing kip ups and, and whatnot. That was that was a bit of a wow. Well, I mean you know, I, I, I stood back, I went, wow. <laughs> you know what's weird about Natalia is I she's been around for a long time and she's never yes. been this big deal. But now with her having this uh Rosa Mendez angle on Total Divas and her getting T V time every week and she's got the new outfit going, I think she's trying to get a big push headed her way. I think she's I th- thinking this is her moment and she's got to make the most of it. I think she's also dropped a lot of the power lifting in favor of dropping some of that muscle so that she could do more of these moves um, because it looks like she's lost some weight. Uh, by the way, are, will, will Rosa Mendez be your most improved performer nope. going from God awful to just terrible now? Nope. Okay. <laughs> Never want to see her again. I'm hoping once the season of Total Divas ends, we never see her again. Oh, I, I'd like, I want I enjoy, the finale. I enjoy, I enjoy seeing her. I just don't want to see her in the ring. I don't. I, I want to see the finale of Total Divas end with the firing of Rosa Mendez. You want to go real? You fire Rosa. Not that I'm advocating people lose their jobs, but I'm you've advocating that people lo- lose their jobs. You've advocated the Usos be fired. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I have. <laughs> oh well. about that, but continue. Uh, John Cena loves being the guy. He had a segment he with Paul Heyman John in the ring. Cena. Loves being John Cena. Paul Heyman tried to get him to turn heel. You know, gimmick that we've seen year after year from uh, from the big feuds. And it's, it's that way with The Rock. It was that way with uh, 
with Brock Lesnar here. Um, Heyman, Heyman was great. Heyman was good. I thought John Cena for the serious side. In If we're just looking at this segment, I thought it was very good. I thought John I, Cena not doing yeah. the serious or not doing the comical side and being super serious, aside from the hokey way that he actually kind of teased, you know, going heel for a bit. That was a little hokey. Um, yes, that I, was hokey. Yeah, I can I can live with it. I thought it was fine. I thought John Cena was good. I don't know if it built up the match for Night of Champions, but at this point, when you don't have Brock Lesnar on TV, you got to do these filler segments, and mm-hmm. this was exactly a filler segment. Well, I, I I agree that Cena was very good here. Uh, I have a tweak, but I think my tweak is in regards to how I think the match is being booked. His strategy is never give up. Yep. I am of the opinion. That he should give up. (laughs) That this is not a prediction show. That this is going to be a ref stoppage due to him not giving up. Okay. Yeah, we're going to do our Night of Champions predictions. And I think. Oh, it'll be a a fun show. Because I have no idea what's going on with any of these people. That being said, if if that's indeed the finish, Mm -hmm. then that promo where he references the Make-A-Wish Foundation and... And the the veteran with the purple heart, which were good but felt self serving in context of that promo, should have been tweaked to this is why I don't give up because I'm fighting for them and fighting for the experiences I have with them. Just a minor little tweak that that if that's the the ending, which I think it's going to be, uh, from because you established the ending in the beginning and the begin in the beginning is I don't give up. Okay, good. Then the ending's gonna be you don't give up, but you still lose. Um, I think. But but to me, yeah, the the promo, that part of the promo came off as almost like corporate being in the ear going, look at the good things our corporate mascot does, rather than John Cena being I think John Cena was very genuine about it, don't get me wrong but it didn't fit the context of why I'm going to win because mm-hmm. the whole promo is about, I like being John Cena, which is almost a little heelish to be honest with you. I don't think he's turning heel, but, but it, it's almost self-serving as opposed to serving the story. Does that make sense to you? It makes or do sense. You disagree. See, I, I never even thought of it. I had no problem with Cena. I, they've mentioned on TV before many times that Cena grants these makes a, make a wishes. Um, they, he, they have these videos, these promo videos. I mean, it's what WWE does. It's what John Cena does. Yes. For every three or four videos you see a year, there is literally literally a hundred oh, yeah. times that amount of visits he's actually made. I mean, John Cena does this all the time. And for them to show 1% of him, I'm not a problem. I no, don't have I a have problem, no problem with. with that either. And uh, him mentioning it here. Yes. It was background. It was him giving his reasons why he wouldn't give up on the people because he loves being the guy to, you know, see the smile on the kids' faces to help no, out. But it, but, but it wasn't is my point. The point my, my point is it was why he likes being John Cena. It wasn't about why he wouldn't give up. I would have made that tweak into why he wouldn't give up. It's how I'm not seeing a difference there. Basically, this promo was about why I like being John Cena. I like being me because I can come out here every week and I can do this and I can do that and I can do this. But none of that in context has anything to do with why he's going to win this fight. Well, yeah, or, or exactly. His strategy. Right. That and part. I and I and I would have connected the two. I would have connected the I never give up with this is why I will never give up. 
I won't give up because I love seeing the smiles of the faces of those Make-A-Wish kids. And that guy in the Purple Heart, I'm doing this fight for him, and that's why I'm not going to give up because he doesn't give up either. That's my, my, more my point. Mm-hmm. This was more of a resume of things he does in his off time and why he enjoys being him. He's a good guy. No, I agree with that kids. completely. This is, this is totally my writer's brain going a little bit. Hey, let's be a little bit more careful on this and think about why we're saying these things type of criticism. It, and it's not really a criticism. It's just a tweak. It's how I would have done it if, and it all is reliant on my theory that this is how it's going to end. So you can disagree and be correct for once. Seth Rollins defeated Sheamus with what was a ugly looking curb stomp. You're going to get these every once in a while. You're going to get the curb stomps where, you know, Seth pushes down, but the opponent doesn't realize it or doesn't know exactly how to just go face first. Commentary needs to be quiet about that too. Commentary. Well, they were a little weirded off because Sheamus waited so long to take the bump. He didn't get all of it. That The announcer said he didn't get all of it. Michael Cole at one point didn't know if Sheamus was going to take the bump at all. That's true. Uh, he waited and he's like, Seth Rollins, yeah, it was it was a weird moment. But otherwise, you know, this match was more to set up Sheamus and Cesaro for the pay-per-view than to do anything with Seth Rollins. Uh, ah, that yes, would come the, later. The distraction finish. It was a distraction. Cesaro, uh, you know, grabs the belt. They play keep away or tug of war or whatever you want to look at it. And, uh. Sheamus does what any, you know, wisecracking kid would do. And once the tug of war happens, he lets go. Because, of course, Cesaro's not going to let go of the belt, so he takes a tumble. This was a match on a show to promote a match on another show. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving along, we had the NXT debuts. Uh, we had the Raw debuts, rather, of NXT superstars Sami Zayn, Tyler Breeze, and Adrian Neville. Uh, we had this match, this tag team match, Sami Zayn and Adrian Neville against Tyler Breeze and Tyson Kidd. One of two matches this week on WWE TV to promote <laughs> NXT TakeOver. Uh, this was a good tag team bout. I mean, Adrian Neville was really cool with his, he did the red arrow, which I think the fans really enjoyed. They really got into it as the match went along after being silent because they didn't know any of these guys. It was just kind of surreal to see Sami Zayn and Neville and Breeze all at the same time debut on WWE TV with no follow through most likely coming from this anytime soon. Right. Let me let me ask you something because I've been having an internal debate about this and I think both answers are correct, but I'm just not sure. So I need someone with a eye that's not in my brain. <laughs> Should, given that, this network is really marketed towards a lot of your hardcores, especially the NXT brand. Mm-hmm. And the brand is seemingly more important. Should the NXT guys have gotten entrances or are you fine with the way that they did it, even though it kind of implies the quote unquote jobber entrance? Uh, because, this... because, because I can see not doing the entrance because you're not sure of the reaction they're going to get because people don't know who they are. Um, I don't, I honestly am glad they didn't do the Tyler breeze entrance. Okay. On this show, because the Tyler breeze entrance takes him getting used to. And that could have been a big failure. Had he done his normal entrance in front of that crowd? Uh, yeah, you probably could have given a 
an entrance to the baby faces, Sami Zayn and Adrian Neville, maybe a combo entrance. But I'm not exactly, when I got done with this match, I think the match spoke for itself. And that I think was what they were trying to show that, hey, these guys in the ring are entertaining. And we, and who, you know, who thought about the entrance? You probably did. And some I'm sure did. But the entrance was the least uh, of that. Uh, basically, it wasn't thought about in my no, mind I, I, I have after two the match got done. I have two follow-up questions. Go ahead. Uh, so I guess to say I'm, I'm fine with them not getting an entrance. You probably would have given up to the baby faces, but I'm fine without them doing it. I'm, I'm fine without them doing it. I'm just wondering, you know, you know, there's always that kind of subtle message type of thing where it's like, yeah, these are guys, and yeah, this is more brand awareness, and that's cynical me talking. I should just relax. Were you happy with how the match was laid out? Uh, Yeah. In terms of leading into a f- fatal four-way. Well, in terms of leading into a fatal four-way, you had Sami Zayn and Neville congratulating each other, which you're going to do. You probably could have right. had all four guys facing off with each other at the end instead of a tag team versus a tag team. So, yeah, the finish that way. Um, but again, this match was to build up the in-ring aspect okay. and see this is what you're going to see in the ring on NXT TakeOver. Okay, I was just... I'm, I'm wondering aloud if they made Sammy and... and uh, uh, Breeze, not strong enough going into it, but that might just be. I mean, I'm I'm coming off this fresh. I just watched Raw about. I got finished watching Raw about an hour ago, so I'm still thinking about all these things. Yeah, I, I, the match again. What happened inside the ring? I think was the big point. Um, and the, and the third question. Third question. Yes, I enjoyed that they hyped up Neville as a star. Oh, absolutely. I like I liked that. I thought that was. Spot on. Good job on you, Michael Cole, and the rest of the production team. No, the commentary was excellent did, in this match. Did they did they come back too hard by then? Kind of just oh, and Kenta, who's a bigger, you know, kind of they almost lost a little of the Neville shine by so hard pushing Kenta. No, because you can push okay. multiple stars. No, that's fine. That well, they can't. They're not good at it. But right, but yeah, I, I was... you want to promote? Okay, we have this international star, and here's All our right. other international star, Here. and these are the stars currently, and this is the new star coming in. Rob, these are questions without an agenda on my part yeah. for once. Right. Okay. Uh, speaking of in ring and how this tag team match was great in the ring, I loved it. Loved it. We loved it, loved it, loved it. we followed with the Bella intervention. <laughs> this was not wonderful. Um, <laughs> I think I made a joke. I wanted to swerve on this where Jerry Springer actually helps and 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 solves a problem for once. But <laughs> that's wishful thinking. We knew how this was going to go down, with the exception of the Bella brother. Right. It, it, D- dances with Bella. I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on this because it's just another soap opera angle that we've big, seen big, week after week after week. But big dick Bella, little snot Bella, <laughs> Bubba Ray Bella. I don't know. This was just. It was a Jerry segment. It was something for the Total Diva show. It was look something. Who got over, look who they were chanting for afterwards. They were chanting for Jerry. They weren't chanting for anybody in the ring involved in that. All right, you get a special guest star like this, and usually the guest stars are supposed to help the angle. This one didn't. And then your match at the pay-per-view, Nikki Bella's going for the Divas title. Okay? Yep. Brie Bella's not in the match. Brie Bella might play a part in it, but this just didn't help anything. Didn't help anything to me anyway. 
Maybe it did to others. And I hope those others enjoy the pay-per-view and Total Divas, but it didn't do anything for me. It did less than anything for me other than the fact that I'd much rather have Brie Bella's voice on Nikki's body, and then that'd be the perfect Bella. Brie Bella's voice on Nikki's body? Mm Mm-hmm. You think they sound that different? Brie has kind of a smokier, deeper quality to her voice. Okay. That's just me. All (laughs) righty. I never noticed a difference like that before, but I'll go with it. Uh, Skipping ahead a little bit, we had uh, Adam Rose defeating Titus O'Neil. Yep. A feud that is still ongoing. Heath Slater, once again, a great, great man. Heath Slater was great. Oh, Uh, I love The bunny was the biggest star of this segment. It looks like they're going to break off the bunny, aren't they? I mean, he's separate from the other rosebuds. I mean, he's not even entering with the rosebuds anymore. He's just coming out by himself during the middle of the match. Like, the bunny got distracted backstage by something and had to come out late. Uh, they did the same match actually on main event the next night too. They did Adam Rose and Titus in another rematch where the bunny comes out, gives a, uh, another kick and ends a Geary to Heath Slater. Um, Sammy Zayn playing the part of the bunny on these two nights. Uh, I don't know if he's going to end up being the bunny. I don't know if anyone's going to end up being the bunny. I think it's going to eventually be, I think the bunny eventually turns on Adam Rose and reveals himself to be some mid-card guy. Everyone comes keeps back. saying that, that he's going to turn on Adam Rose. And I'm like, what do you do in the meantime? Is he just one day just beat up Adam Rose and then take a mask off? Like, is it going to be a heel who says he it's infiltrated Tyson- the bunny? I think it's going to be Tyson Kidd, to be honest with you. That's going to how they're going to reintroduce him. That's my theory, but... Yeah, but he was just on be- Raw as Tyson Kidd. Right. Does that matter? No. Okay. Because continuity doesn't matter. Could it be someone from NXT? I'm trying to think who from NXT could be the bunny. Could it be Charlotte? Mojo Raleigh. I, prediction. Charlotte's the bunny. I, I could live with worse. I don't think Mojo Raleigh fits in the bunny costume. No, I, I know. I, I just figure it's going to be... I mean, it's it's playing up to something, and then eventually it's going to be the introduction or reintroduction of a heel. But it might be the reintroduction or introduction of a face. Someone, someone's going to be that bunny, though. So I oh, guess yeah. JBL better live with it. Look, as long as I can get Mandy Leone on my TV screen every week. That's right. Uh, she she was in the entourage, wasn't she? Her, her milkshake brings okay, stop. my boys to the yard. Uh, I'm going to have to replace you as the host. <laughs> I'm only the co-host. I just hope there's no videos out there of you punching people in elevators. Wow. With comments like that. Was that a little too far? I have to replace myself now. That was a little too far. I'm, I'm firing you. I was referencing Solange beating up Jay-Z. I'm bringing in Harrington to get me back in here. I think no one would be a no one would have a problem with that. How is that baby go- going to be raised correctly if you can't keep your anger down? Spoilers. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> I'm a gentle person. I don't get angry. Just so you know. Um, let's see here. Uh, what else did we have? Oh, we had a main event. We had Roman Reigns with a terrible promo. <laughs> I I don't yeah. Uh, well, this is your main guy. This is the guy you're building, and it he's is the main doing guy. dumb promos like that. I mean, I liked the match. The match was fine. I can... even on promos that others, you know, reviewed a Raw what months ago at this point, where he cut this promo in the ring, and people were thinking, "Oh, he showed fire. It was good," and I thought it was horrible. Just I, I don't get it in the ring with the talking right now with Roman Reigns. I don't know why you try. There's certainly plenty you could do with Roman just beating up people. Well, this was backstage. This was a I know. tape, I, yes. pre-tape. Okay. It, it, pre-tape wasn't very good. Uh, him talking about uh, 
being an antidote for Venom. Antidote. But we had our main event. Roman Reigns and Randy Orton went 20 minutes mm-hmm. in what was an okay match. I mean, Roman yeah. Reigns was selling a lot. Randy Orton was doing the wear down technique. Went 20 minutes uh, and then you got your uh, DQ finish as Randy frustrated that he couldn't put Roman away and seemingly losing his grip on a victory in this match called out Kane and Seth Rollins. And they happy come out, fun Kane. Happy fun Kane. <laughs> Do not taunt happy fun Kane. Determine Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins who quit a trio to join up with this trio. <laughs> Beat up Rain- Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns trying to fight back. Looked like he was going to be successful. But eventually, he got trapped in the cage with Randy Orton as the cage mm-hmm. from earlier was lowered down. Gets trapped. Roman Reigns... Chekhov's cage. For some reason, he wanted to be that guy who is locked in a cage with somebody. Locked in a cage. No one can get to you. Yet he moves his attention to a guy outside of the cage. Looking at Seth Rollins, taunting him. Hey, you can't get in this cage. Randy Orton, of course, takes advantage. Dumb baby face. Starts yeah. beating up Roman Reigns. Eventually, Rollins does get in the cage by jump by climbing up and jumping off. Because, I mean, you're not going to keep Seth Rollins out. Kane just casually walks in. Why not? <laughs> and the trio proceed to beat up Roman Reigns. And that is leading to another match at uh, Night of Champions as Seth Rollins takes on Roman Reigns. Two questions. This... This is the anti-Ryback push, kind of, where they're just keeping Roman Reigns with top guys the whole time. What do you think of that? Um, I don't know if I would say anti. It seems like it's the exact same as the Ryback push originally. No, the Ryback push, they just they had him squashing geeks until they eventually turned him had to turn him heel because of the Cena injury. Right, but he was always on top, I guess was my point okay. about it. Roman Reigns has always been on top. This is the first time really where he's been aside from the night Seth Rollins actually did turn. Uh this is one of the very 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 few times we see him not standing top on tall at the end of a show. Yeah, that's true too. And Ryback would always he would always stand tall. He wasn't the main event or anything until his feud with CM Punk when John Cena got hurt. Um, but yeah, I, this was a, I like this for the fact. Okay. I liked it. Don't get me wrong. I liked it for the fact that we got Roman Reigns beaten and yes. laid out and vulnerable at the end of a show. Yes. And I think it, it makes, I think they need to strengthen Rollins up a bit. Mm-hmm. They've made him too much of the conniving chicken heel in weeks as opposed to vicious, vicious heel i mean you can have a vicious chicken heel don't get me wrong but a little bit too much cane help there i thought i thought that i love the dive off the cage uh second question to me this was foreshadowing hell in the cell with orton or with rollins i think orton's broken off at this point you can do a hell in the cell uh with Reigns. I think they're going to do Hell in the Cell with Ambrose, though. Well, I think they're going to have more than one match in the cell. See, to me, and again, we'll get with this on our predictions. I think Rollins, or excuse me, Ambrose is coming back at Night of Champions and getting involved in this. Okay. I think the match we're seeing with Roman and Rollins is just to get them through this pay per view because I don't think Reigns is going to be involved with Seth after this either. I just found that odd because I thought it might be foreshadowing a bit it, because it very well could be. 
Okay. It very well could be. I don't know exactly what they're going to do. And of course, we're still a little bit away from that. And there's different directions this can go into. Because um, I didn't think Roman was going to get involved with Seth either. And here we are having a match at Night of Champions, Roman being in there with Seth. Mm-hmm. So it, it could go a number of different ways. But that was uh, that was raw. Uh, next week, Brock Lesnar returns. John Cena wants a fight. Probably isn't going to get one on Raw. Nope. But Brock Lesnar coming back as he uh, pushes towards his title defense. I'm a little behind. What are the what are the uh, parameters of Brock's new deal? Um, if you know, that's not necessarily a new deal. Um, basically, what's being reported and what was kind of uh, known for uh, or done for months, it, he, he can come back. He's going to work pay per views. It's not just the big ones that he's going to work. Um, I don't know what they're going to do, though, with this. I don't know if he's going to keep the title and work like Hell in a Cell and pay-per-views in between. Because uh, the specialness of Brock Lesnar is the fact that he's not on every pay-per-view. I thought he had agreed to more dates. So Oh, I, yeah, there's we'll definitely more dates. He's he's okay. doing more than what they originally had you know, two years ago when he signed. Um, I, I could see him doing more Raws, but... I just don't know. I, the specialness was always that he was on a pay-per-view once every six months or so. Right. It's still kind of special, the fact that he's not on house shows and he's not on TV every week. But I wonder how fast it becomes to where if he's working every pay-per-view, is he still a special attraction? Are people going to get the network because he's on every single pay-per-view? I don't know. And uh, I don't know if he's helped buys for this network right now at all. Mm, I don't think anybody can drive buys at this point for the network. I think it's the brand that buys drive, uh, drives buys. Mm. Yeah, I guess we'll find out, uh, you know, in a couple of months when they give the next network number. But because uh, we'll have a couple of Brock Lesnar matches here on pay-per-view where you would think, you would hope that people started buying this network a little bit more. But then there's also folks out there who think we're going to see lower subscription numbers from the network the next time around as people kind of quit and don't re-sign up or forget to sign up like me or forget to sign up <laughs> or forget to sign up, but you better sign up before tomorrow, before Thursday, Jeff, it'll be there. It'll be there. NXT takeover is happening. Yes. NXT takeover, the second takeover. So they very well may just name every show takeover. So they took it over, they lost it and now they have to take it over again. You got to take it over again. We had uh, triple H earlier on Wednesday, Triple H had a conference call. It's this. It's the third one he's done. I believe he's done one before every special event from NXT. Yes. Uh, where he holds a conference call with the media. Today, in this case, the media being some people from a newspaper and then everyone from PW Insider. Um, <laughs> in fact, the first two calls for Triple H were from PW Insider, Mike Johnson and Dave Shearer. Mike Johnson asked a question. Um, what did Mike Johnson ask? I wrote this down. He asked a question about the brand NXT guys appearing more often on raw. Yeah. He asked if this is going to be a more regular thing. And triple H said, no, basically because Man, that's a mistake. Well, that's- I, I, the whole thing is you want to NXT is a brand in itself. You know, triple H turned the question into answering it by saying that NXT was kind of like ECW back in the day. And he where, wants to make it WCW. Yeah. yeah. It's a feeder system. It's kind of its own brand now, but it's still a feeder system. They're still at the bottom of the totem pole. Uh, he doesn't want to call it developmental anymore. No, but you know, 
Because if you want to drive eyeballs to the NXT product, you put NXT product on the free product, and then you drive eyeballs to it. Yeah, advertisement. I I don't know if you're going to see it more often than maybe once before a special event, or maybe you have a match here and there. Or maybe the fact that guys who were coming up onto Raw were former NXT guys being enough to promote NXT. Like you would do when The Shield came back, you know, when or when The Shield not came back, but debuted. They kept talking for the first month or two how these were NXT guys that were coming up. So these guys on the main roster now, having the NXT background, is that promotion for NXT enough instead of having current NXT guys on the show? It's a little interesting because on that conference call he was talking about, and God knows, I think it was Cher who asked the question, how does it feel, which is the dumbest question ever. Uh, Feels good. Next question. Uh, But he basically made it a point to say these three guys we brought up without really giving the nod to the great work Tyson Kidd is doing down at NXT and how much of a career renaissance. This is the best work of Tyson Kidd's WWE career down there right now because he never really got that shot up on the main roster. I'd agree with that. Uh, You know, really, I mean, that that, it didn't bug me, but it was just kind of like, wow. Why don't you give him props too? <laughs> he uh, Tyson Kidd of of the four, he was talking about the match on Raw, uh, the tag team match with the NXT guys, and he kind of hesitated, seemingly forgetting Tyson Kidd's name for a yeah. little bit. So that's I didn't think that was a very good sign for Tyson. No, um, he put over how Bailey and Charlotte uh, main evented a house show over the weekend, uh, an NXT house show in Florida. Uh, they were in fact the main event, giving the women the main event. And uh, this is kind of what we talked about a few weeks ago, where I mentioned that I think Charlotte is going to usher in a new era in WWE eventually, where it's going to be like the Lita and Trish era, where the women are promoted as a big deal and not just total divas fodder. I'm still waiting for Bailey and or not Bailey, but AJ and Paige to break out the from thing with- that. But the thing is, you you have so many divas right now, and that's a product, and that needs brand awareness. It's going to be an albatross for the most part on the on on your dream. Yeah, as long as it's around, it's going to be an albatross. The thing with AJ and Paige is they need to be with other people at some point. They can't just be the AJ and Paige feud for nonstop, or else people will get tired of it. Oh, they're going to feud with Rosa. Yeah, <laughs> can't wait. Can't wait for that one. Um, what else on this call? There, I, he basically a forty-five minute call. He talked about uh, Devitt Steen. Uh, having plans for them uh, using the past to to build yeah not ignoring base but i think that's mostly just for kenta and the overseas audience right you know not ignoring what they're doing uh, but he intimated that he's not going to change the names of fergal devitt or or kevin steen he didn't say that no he intimated at it he didn't say that they weren't he intimated that those two get feedback but they're they're going to be WWE eyes some way, so the, the, the consideration is there. Let's put it that yeah. way. I don't I don't think it's going to be a guarantee in any uh, regard. And this all gets us to NXT Takeover on Thursday night. And uh, for the record, I love hearing NXT Hunter. I do because he sounds he sounds excited about it. I just don't know how much of it is genuine at times. I'm still waiting for that tag team division. That's what I'm waiting for. Where's that at? That he said he was going to build up. You see, there's these things. He promises a lot of great stuff. And it gets me excited. 
He and, got, then, uh, and then and then there's that McMahon influence that's over there that you just go, well, does he have the stroke to pull it off? Right, but he he you know he got distracted by being a full time you know player on Raw again. Because remember, there was that time where he was never on Raw; he was just gone from TV. Oh yeah, and he could focus on this, but now he's on Raw and sometimes SmackDown every week. He's got other things to do. No, I mean, he's a busy I, guy. I, I like hearing him talk about NXT and its future. He I says do. good things. I'm I'm hopeful. Right. He says good things. Which is a rarity. Uh, let's go through this NXT card, do our predictions. Yes. Um, we start with, of course, the introduction of Kenta is happening on the show. So they will introduce him, not wrestling on the show. Um, but I have a prediction about Kenta. And it's not really my prediction. I actually give this to uh, someone on our Twitter feed mentioned this. And I had not thought of it. When they said that Kenta would be introduced, I figured he would just come out and they would introduce Kenta. But it would make perfect sense for them to start his first program on this show. Would you agree or disagree? Oh, I definitely agree. So they're doing the TV tapings the next night. Most likely Kenta will start his first program the next night. But if I were to say that Kenta is going to be introduced on this show and then someone is going to interrupt his introduction... Is there someone on the NXT roster you would think would be the one to interrupt Kenta's introduction? Do you have a name? Do you have an idea for a first program for Kenta? Enzo Amore. <laughs> okay. Enzo Amore. No, I, th- no, I think... Uh, I wouldn't think so, but... No, I, I, I would think... See, it all depends on whether they're bringing I have, him in face I have or two heel. names. I have two names in mind. I, I was just curious if you give given that any thought or thought, okay, this is some guy who just might come out and say, oh, you know. No, I want him to dress up in a white suit, kind of like that Simpsons episode with the Yakuza, and I want him to do stand there silent for a while and then do something really cool. <laughs> I could see him attacking Adrian Neville, to be honest with you. Rovert on Twitter uh, yeah. predicted that I don't know if it was a prediction or an idea that, okay, you debut Fergal Devitt at the same time. No. Kenta does his introduction. Fergal Devitt comes out giving something like, okay, you're not the only international star. or I've worked in the same country as you and I was a bigger star in Japan and blah, blah, blah. Uh, that's one idea. The other it's idea. An, it's an idea that's not a bad one, but it draws away attention from kenta being a star a bit i mean yeah you're introducing two stars at the same time mm-hmm. and feuding with each other but that's not the way they're gonna they do things mostly they they, they they'll want the shine to be on kenta for this one appearance yeah. at least the other idea is to just have you know someone from the low mid card come out and just kind of stake their claim like oh yeah. i'm an nxt guy someone like a cj parker or someone oh, uh god you know, someone on that low end where Kenta can just get a quick win the next night on the TV and beat, tapings and beat. yeah, and beat the beat the crap out of him. No, that's that's perfectly fine. I I agree with that. But but someone's probably interrupting that debut. Oh, I agree. Uh, Mojo Rawley against Bolt Dempsey. Our first match. Um, I will predict that maybe Bolt Dempsey gets the win. I guess. Oh yeah. Bolt Dempsey. Mojo, gets... Mojo, Mojo's ice cold. Bolt Dempsey is. Awful. Am I alone in thinking that? Bull Dempsey's this guy who, first of all, looks awful. Second of all, tries to do the mean face in his promos that every bad guy always tries to do. And it just comes off so bad because he's trying to grit his teeth and make his facial, you know, make his cheeks kind of shudder. Uh, I hate everything there is to hate about Bull Dempsey. Man. Everything. 
from the singlet he he's wearing. He has a mother, Rob. He has a family. The double strap singlet that he's wearing with his chest hair sticking out. You know, it, it's just, no, I'm I'm not a fan. Zero percent Bull Dempsey ever gets over anywhere. You should ask if he likes you. Um, I will. <laughs> uh, I just don't see them doing anything with Mojo. So Well, that Dempsey. too. Uh, yeah, all that said, I think Bull Dempsey's getting the win here. Um, Pray for Mojo. Hopefully it's quick. Uh, we no, move on to hair versus hair. Mm. Enzo Amore going up against Sylvester Lefort. In a hair match, the loser has to be shaved bald. Triple H on the conference call today guaranteed that someone would be shaved bald. And I think that person is going to be Sylvester Lefort. I agree, and they should shave his chest while they're at it. They could do that, too. There's a lot of guys with chest hair on the show. He is a hairy man. Yeah. Got a lot of hair on this program. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go with Enzo Amore. I wanted to play something. The hair stoot world order. Because I teased it a little bit. I am not a fan of Enzo Amore. <laughs> you made that perfectly clear. I find him so annoying. Who do you hate worse, Bull Dempsey or Enzo Amore? Oh, Bull Dempsey, easy. Really? Oh, Bull Dempsey. Yeah, I hate everything there is to hate about Bull Dempsey. With Enzo, at least, I think he's okay in the ring. I think if he... If he tailored his promos a different way, I think he would be all right. Because no. I am not a fan of the S-A-W-F-T soft. That bullshit needs to stop. First of all, it takes forever. Second I think it's of all, just Bush League indie stuff. It's Bush League indie stuff. It's not something that's going to get over, I don't think, on WWE TV. So try something else while you're down there. The WWE universe hates spelling. Maybe I'm just anti-Jersey. It's just nine ninety nine. They just want numbers, no spelling. I'm going to play a short clip. It's a backstage promo back in June when Enzo debuted, or not when he debuted, but returned from his injury. Okay. Play this clip. I this, can name that tune in five notes. I'm, this was the least annoying promo from Enzo I could find. And it's you, still annoying. You had to sit through Enzo Amore promo. I actually watched several of them. and Oh, you poor man. I was, I was 70% close to being Sean O'Hare today. I'm going to play this clip. Listen no to respect this. for the dead. Enzo, the entire NXT universe chanted, welcome back. Just want to get some comments. First of all, bada boom, realest guys in a room. How Turn you doing? Up. And I got to be honest with you. I ain't have no plans on coming back there tonight. We go. As a matter of fact, I defied doctor's orders because I couldn't leave my man, Big Cass, hanging on a wire like clothes out to dry. Yeah, that's good. That works. Yeah, whatever. Bottom line is he was outnumbered. Those two French guys, they got no backbone. Boneless. Sick and tenders. The rest say WFT soft. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, those two French guys, those two poodles. The poodles, that's right, the poodles. And Big Cass is a great dame. And I'm about as quick as a cat, fast as a feline. And I ain't lying. But I swear I'm such a dude. I'm a Shih Tzu, I'm a Pitbull, I'm a Jack Russell, I'm a Lapsa Wapsa, I'm a Teacup Chihuahua. But it's not the size of the dog in a fight. It's the fight in a dog. Yeah. Enzo Amore. Use guys. And and you know what? I know you couldn't see the video. And thanks for your commentary in the middle of me playing that. Well, I couldn't hear it. <laughs> I know. I, you know what happened is I turned... I'm going to your... play this clip for you. Silence. I, everyone right. else could hear it fine. I turned it down on your end because it wasn't on our show, but last week when I played like music and it blew your ears off, I was trying to make sure I didn't blow your ears off again. <laughs> it's like, I was trying to be considerate. 
I thought it was like performance art. No, I was like, you're not going to play anything. And then I'd have to give like a response to it. No, of some I, kind. I was trying to be considerate. I thought you would be able to hear it, but I realized it might've been a little low, but that was the uh, behind the scenes stuff. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm just annoyed by Enzo Amore. I don't find, I don't find the act entertaining. Uh, I know others do. So maybe this is another Usos moment where I'm just wrong and everyone can pile on how wrong I am. But that was the least annoying promo I can find. And I don't like it. Yeah, I'm, you know, whatever. It's a stereotype. Uh, I, I have a request for people because before we go on and I forget, uh, hit me up at crapgame13 on Twitter and send me Kenta matches I should watch. I don't know enough about Kenta to make an opinion about him. And, and that's sad because I'm a wrestling fan. It's just, I, you know, I watch a lot of it, but I don't get to everything. I've never really seen any of his, I believe, Dragon Gate work, to be honest with you. Yes, if you know what Kenta matches... I am well familiar with Kenta. Maybe I'll send not. you some so somebody, too. Please do. Um, I, I'd like to. I'd like to know as much as I can. At Crap Game Thirteen, you can send like, him matches or at Shake Them Ropes, and I will retweet them to him. I like to be educated. He wants to be educated on Kenta because he's mm-hmm. about to be, as all of us are, re-educated on Kenta on NXT. Uh, that said, I'm fine with Devitt. You don't need to send me any matches of his. You couldn't see. <laughs> you couldn't see Enzo's eyes during that promo. I implore people who uh, maybe if you like Enzo, just go watch his eyes. Was he bugging out like oh, Marty Feldman? He was bugging out big time. Go watch the eyes of Enzo Amore. The only uh, time I'll make a Marty Feldman reference so on this show. Too. We're on the same page. Bull Dempsey gets the win. Enzo gets the win. Uh, the women's championship, Charlotte defending against Bailey. Uh, do we see a new champion here? It's Bailey. No. I don't think they're bringing up Charlotte yet, so no. I agree. I think Charlotte's going to get the win on this one because I don't see her coming up in the middle of all this other... Maybe when Total Divas is over and they don't have to spend so much women's time on the show talking about Nikki, the Bellas, and all these other women. Um, I think it would be easier for her her to come up. But right now, you would just be throwing her in the middle of a bunch of stuff that nothing is going to stick. Nope. And it's not going to matter to them because Divas is the uh, priority. Yep. So I think uh, I think Charlotte wins uh, this one. Um, we have the tag team titles going. <laughs> the Ascension. Our favorite team. Yes, the Ascension going next against to, Callisto next, to, next and, to Tomax and Zaymat Uso. No, Callisto <laughs> and Sin Cara. Uh, the Ascension debuted this week on WWE TV too. They made their debut in the main event of main event, uh, beating Los Matadores. Was that on there? Or was that on SmackDown? That was on main event. Okay. Yep. Watched it uh, today. So yes, they are a presence in WWE as much was, as anyone in was, one match could be. How was the match? Match was all right. It was quick. It was about five minutes. Not even, actually. Maybe three or four. Um, mm. Not quite a squash, but they still won. They look good. Uh, the top of Victor's head did not look good. Okay. You don't notice it so much in NXT, but of course, I mean, the guy's going bald. Not a big problem, but there were, like, strands of baldness in weird places on his head that literally the director was trying to hide. There would be weird camera zooms to where they would cut off everything, you know... Uh, they were cutting off the top of Victor's head during the match. So you could see his face and his forehead and then everything else. It was weird. Uh, so that's something's got to happen there. Uh, now, but the Ascension. Going, yeah. Who are they going against again? Callisto and Sin Cara for the oh, tag yeah. titles. Callisto and Sin Cara winning the tag title tournament to get this shot. Um, I'm going to go on and say that the Ascension wins because I don't think they're getting called up either. But this is very... I could definitely see this being a spot to promote Callisto and Sin Cara, so I'm kind of conflicted, but I'm going to go with 
Um, before I talk myself out of it, make your prediction. <laughs> see, I'm going to try and talk myself into a prediction. Because I could definitely see the Ascension getting called up, but being relegated to SmackDown. Mm-hmm. That said, I think it's going to be a... Uh, I think I think there's a reason they're putting two masked guys up against the Ascension. I think it's to get the Ascension over strong, and I think uh, I think the Ascension win. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with the Ascension victory. But I'm looking at this, and uh, we have every heel winning because I'm about to pick a heel in the main event. Um, oh, I, I wonder if there should be more baby faces. Maybe Callisto and Sin Cara is probably the most reasonable aspect. Um, but no, I'll go with the Ascension. I'll go with the. I'll stick with it and be wrong tomorrow. How about this? Go by Sin Cara and Callisto by DQ. Could happen. I don't know. Okay. If, the thing I don't think that's going to happen is because we get clean finishes on these shows. That's true. We we really do, and I don't see this being a different case. Uh, our main event for the NXT title: Sami Zayn, Tyson Kidd, Tyler Breeze. All battling for the championship currently held by Adrian Neville in a fatal four-way match. And before I get to my prediction, what is your prediction on this match? And then also, do you see any of these four getting called up this month in September? Because I think there's a lot of rumors about one or two of these guys probably making the jump after this NXT show to the main roster. I think Adrian Neville wins. And I think he continues to be the NXT champion. And I think he gets called up as the NXT champion and then drops the belt next time or drops the belt eventually uh, on another, on another lesser show. I don't think, I don't think this is the spot where they have, where they have Neville drop the belt and then call him up. I think they want to keep him strong. I think Neville gets the call just due to the basis of his work in that match last night. And it's different. Well, it's different on that note that you thought he could, lose the title elsewhere because this isn't like pay-per-view where you have TV matches leading to a pay-per-view that you want to get people to buy. All of these shows are on the network. So there could definitely be title changes on regular NXT episodes. I think you're absolutely right about that. Yes. And I think because they, he was the star of that raw show. I don't think they're going to make him lose here. I think, I think he's going to win. I think he's going to win fairly in a fairly strong manner. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, Okay, I'm going to go with a different winner. I think you very well may be right, and they could, he could drop the title later. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with Tyler Breeze, or not, uh, yeah, Tyler Breeze winning this match. Wow. I'm going to go with Tyler Breeze. It's the one guy I didn't have winning. And the reason I'm doing that is because I, to me, he's the guy who's going to still be down in NXT for the longest period of time. Okay. Like, this is a guy who's going to be there for another few months, and maybe longer. Um. I can see Adrian Neville coming up. I can see Sami Zayn coming up. I don't really know if you put the title on Tyson Kidd at this point. I don't think there's any, you know, positive to it at this period. But with Kevin Steen coming in, with Kenta coming in, with Fergal Devitt coming in, and then other lower card baby faces on the roster, I think this is the time to give your title to a heel and build up to a big face versus heel match later on on an NXT show. Or the next special coming up in January. I could see them doing something where they give Tyson Kidd the belt and they call Adrian Neville up. And then Tyson Kidd appears one day on the belt going or on the show going, why'd they call you up when I have the NXT title? I was a better performer than you. And then that's the way they get to Tyson Kidd somehow. But overall, I just, I just think Adrian Neville 
got so over last night that uh, there's no way they're going to have him lose here. I think he's the easiest to get over on the main show in the shortest amount of time. I think long-term Sami Zayn has the most opportunity. Uh, But Adrian Neville just hit that red arrow. You just do some high spots. I mean, he got that crowd into that tag match on Monday. Yeah, but that said, on the main roster, just being a flippy-do guy. Justin Justin Gabriel was a breakout star of the Nexus by what he was doing on there, and then he just got relegated to nothingness. Exactly, and that's why I think short-term it may work for him, but long-term, fully Sami Zayn. But as far as coming up to the main roster, I don't know. I don't know if Sami Zayn comes up right away. I don't know if Adrian Neville comes up right away. But if I were to pick two guys from NXT, any two guys, where I thought the Ascension might have been it, I think Sami Zayn and Adrian Neville could come up, even as a tag team. But I could I see them coming up on main. I could see them being on Raw regularly. Could, could very you well happen. You put them in matches with the Usos? Yeah. It'd be pretty darn good. Yeah, it, it could be some good stuff. Even, you know what? They could go against guys like the Wyatt family and make that extremely entertaining. The little guys going up against the big that's guys, a, that's the powerhouse. A, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, um, yeah, that's, yeah, two, two Davids versus two Goliaths. Yeah, That'd be that, interesting. I could I could find a lot of uh, entertainment in that type of uh, a program. Very well could. Very well could. Should we discuss one of the things I wanted to put on our rundown for our show this week? Because it is Hall of Fame month. It's yes. the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame month. Um, I have a ballot. I have a vote in this Hall of Fame. A um, lot of contenders going into the Hall of Fame. It's Dave Meltzer's Wrestling Observer Newsletter Hall of Fame, not the WWE Hall of Fame. Um, we wanted to focus on different modern era candidates on our show. Since we are WWE-centric, we're going to discuss candidates who spent most of their time in WWE. <laughs> you, is that funny? It's funny to me because... I think I only have one front who actually ever spent time in WWE. If I on my hype, see, I had to fill out a hypothetical ballot because I don't get a real one. Right, right. Not cool like me. <laughs> I'm super awesome. Um, well, even if they're not major contenders, I mean, we okay. can just discuss the pros and cons of different candidates. But this one, who I think is a major contender at some point, first one we wanted to discuss is CM Punk. CM, Too soon. CM Punk is on the ballot for the first time. Uh, meeting the uh, 10 years a full-timer after his 35th birthday uh, criteria. And the criteria for the Wrestling Observer Newsletter Hall of Fame is not just all about age, but he's got to be a candidate who features significant drawing power, someone who is very good in the ring or a highly skilled member of the field, and then also someone who had an historical signif- uh, significance in wrestling in a positive manner. These are the different criteria for the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame. CM Punk, let's discuss right offhand before we get into the details. CM Punk a Hall of Famer or no? Not right now, no. But eventually, yes? Time will tell. Okay, so the time will tell. And I asked the eventually argument because there's two different ways you can go when someone gives the answer of not right now. There's, I don't know if we know the historical significance yet, or there's just other people on the ballot that fill my ballot that I think are more deserving. Yes and yes. Okay. <laughs> I, you know, I I think him leaving 
now as he did when he was still relatively on top, that hurts his candidacy more than anything, because I think he needed a little bit more time up there to see what would happen. The leaving right now, the, the leaving WWE by quitting is something that I kind of actually take into account a little bit, because again, historical significance in a positive manner is the legitimate quote as far as criteria. Yeah, but that's only really been one moment. Right. But this moment of quitting is historical significance in a negative manner. True. Now, do we just not put it into the equation at all? Or do we actually count that against him at all? That's just one of the fields. But we look through CM Punk's resume for a little bit. Um, again, this being his first year on the on the ballot. I wanted to open with him because he's kind of divisive. I mean, there's a lot of people who think he should be in. There's a lot of people who think he shouldn't be in at all. And then who thinks people- he should be in? I have not heard one argument for anybody thinking he should be in. I'm not going to name names and give people. Come on, write them out. No. Write them out. When I say there's people who think he should be in, I don't necessarily say they're voting for him this year. Are these imaginary people in your brain? There there is a person (laughs) that you are a big fan of that has been on record of saying that he is a guy that should be in. Okay. I'm just saying no more. I'm just not going to name names right now. Oh, no, I know who you're talking about, but continue. Um, CM Punk started his career in IWA Mid-South and then mm-hmm. going into Ring of Honor. IWA Mid-South, there's really nothing as far as that time frame that would put me, uh, that I could actually use as a candidate profile into getting him into the Hall of Fame. Ring of Honor, you start seeing some different uh, pieces that kind of go towards his Hall of Fame resume. Uh, his matches with Samoa Joe. Yes. He had a series of three matches, two being one-hour draws for the ROH title, the third one being a 45-minute uh, classic match uh, for the ROH title. And then he won the ROH championship. He won the ROH title on what many thought was going to be his last night in Ring of Honor before he signed with WWE in 2005 uh, that really, to me, began him on what would be his most memorable run in WWE, the run of the summer of punk. Right. There's some stuff in there that I could put as a positive on his resume, but I could also put some negatives on his resume. The fact that he was never the top guy in ring of honor, a promotion where you would think someone like CM Punk would be the top guy. He was top three, but he was never the big draw for ring of honor promotion. I think he's very close. Don't get me wrong. I think punk's very close right now. I, I just, He's. It's too soon after he's gone. He's still relatively young and might, even though he says otherwise, do something else. I just, I, right now he's in that realm of, for me, of, you know, got, hall of very, very good. Mm-hmm. He's in that, even if for another candidate on the ballot, he's in that edge category. He's in edge, Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard territory for me. Yeah, um, I would, I, I would say he's close to me. I haven't actually made up my mind yet. I, I'm going to be one who waits till the final week. The ballots are due at the uh, beginning of October. I'm probably going to wait for a little bit before I send my final ballot. I think I have eight names that are for sure, and I'm leaving. Eight? I do on, on the modern or just in total. No, on the total ballot. Oh, okay. Because I'm going to be, I'm familiar with enough people that I can vote in the uh, the Japanese category. I can vote in the modern category. Ooh. Um, and these are not counting names that are among the ballots of the non-wrestlers. I'm going to have some non-wrestlers also. Yeah. 
Um, but I have eight names, and I'm I'm not really familiar with Mexican wrestling at all. But I know of one of the names that I definitely want to vote into the Hall of Fame, so I'm probably going to vote in that category also. Um, yeah, I I look through the resume here, and going past Ring of Honor, we get into his WWE start, and he spent two years in OVW where there was nothing of any significance. Yeah, but you can't hold him to that. I can because it's not, part of no, his career. Well, you can, but but at the same time, you have to go with context, don't you? No, it's I can go his, with I mean, two oh, years well, of of so his so career. His, he was nothing. So it's, his, so it's his fault he was being buried and left on OVW. Yes, that he was just a piece. If, on. if we start going into oh, this guy had talent, but it's his fault he wasn't booked appropriately. There's a lot of other guys we can put in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, but still, as a narrative, where where we could put Sting he, in the Hall of Fame for that reason. Sting should be in the Hall of Fame. Sting is one of the four people on, on the modern candidates that I have that I would have on a hypothetical ballot with a fifth that I, I'm on the fence about. I, I'm just saying you can't you have to go by what happened, not why what could have happened. Sting should definitely be in the Hall of Fame. I'm sorry. Maybe that we'll, just seems we'll like do a the, no Maybe we'll me. do the next one on Sting. But CM Punk, I can say for two thousand five, two thousand seven, this guy did nothing to enhance his resume for the Hall of Fame. Okay. Nothing. Because he, he was a dead guy at that point, basically. We can't be going on hypotheticals like, oh, if he was on Raw, this could have happened. We got to go by what did happen. Yeah, but when WWE is the only game in town, so if they say if they say you're not a star, I mean, what are you supposed to do about that? So because he wasn't a star, you're putting him in the Hall of Fame because he could have been. I'm not putting him in the Hall of Fame yet, anyway. Okay, that's right. I'm saying there there was stuff to overcome there, and the two years he was in OVW led then led to him getting to be a top guy there there's there's a there's an entire narrative there as opposed to keeping it in a vacuum oh he was in ovw for two years i'm really interested as we continue with cm punk on getting others thoughts on cm punk because again i i think he's a candidate that it's going to change over time the amount of votes that he gets he's going to be a strong candidate for several years i think um if you have thoughts on cm punk as a hall of famer tweet us at shake them ropes uh, call us and leave a voicemail, 260-494-3811, or on save Skype. Ob- yeah, save the obscenities. Or on Skype at Let's Say Things, or email us at rob at shakethemropes.com. Uh, but send us your thoughts, because I'd like to get a ton of people's thoughts on CM Punk, the resume for the Hall of Fame. Uh, we move along to 2008, where, you know, after his ECW run, which, again, nothing of significance happened there, um, and honestly didn't really have that many good matches in ECW. Uh, there was no. one with John Morrison. There were a couple of tag team matches that were okay, but because they weren't really doing wrestling uh, in a high volume on the ECW brand, uh, they were promoting wrestlers, but they weren't doing a lot of wrestling on the one-hour show. Uh, 2008, he gets into the Money in the Bank, and he wins it. Mm-hmm. So he had his first real WrestleMania moment. Mm-hmm. But then he's promoted as still a mid-card guy. He gets the one run with the world title, but loses it without... Losing it, basically. Uh, nothing in that year, I don't believe, can be a positive for his resume either. Are you trying to talk yourself into voting for him? I'm really not. I'm trying to find... To me, I look I don't at think, it... I don't think there's that much of a debate right now. I don't think... I think it's a no. I think he's too young, and I don't think his historical significance has been truly measured yet. Oh, I'm, I'm probably voting a no on this guy. Um, But what I want to do with this is eventually he's probably going to get more support than he's getting this year. But the facts of what happened in the past aren't going to change. He may not be on the ballot after this. That's true. For a while. 
He may not get enough support this year to even make the ballot next year. You're absolutely right. Um, CM Punk in 2009. The reason why I want to bring this up is there are, like I said, some, very few, that are thinking he's a Hall of Famer this year. Very, very few. I think that's the era of recency. Yeah. I think that's I think that's just the, I'm familiar with this guy's recent work, and it's not in context. And he was a top guy, so yes. But and that's another thing. He was never a top. He was never the top guy in oddly WWE. Enough, oddly enough, it's the same thing for which Sergeant Slaughter kind of suffers because people remember his later career, not his earlier career as a candidate. Yeah. In this one, I don't know what. Yeah, I you would have to really put some high value in CM Punk's later career to really make the case for him. Cause it was 2011 to 2013 where he was never the top guy, but he was still number two for a good two year period. 2011 to 2013 to me is really where his hall of fame argument can come from. Yeah. And that's a Sandy but, Koufax ar- but argument. It only lasted for two years and longevity but- is something Dave Meltzer wants voters to consider. To consider, but I mean, if you're white hot for those two years and you draw money and you have cultural significance, which he did, I mean, there's your argument. There's there's your Sandy Koufax. He has, he, he was the best in the world for those two years. He has cultural significance, but again, John Cena was the bigger draw in the company at the time. No, yes. yeah, but John Cena wasn't invited to do a podcast on the number one sports writers, you know, thing or an indie comics thing, and you know, I mean, that pipe bomb moment was transcendent so but it was just a moment so you know you can't i'm still i'm still a big no on this but that's i still don't think cm punk was bigger than sting so so you'd vote sting over cm punk yes okay um which i can definitely see uh but yeah i I just wanted to bring cm punk in the debate first again not necessarily considering any of the guys that we end up talking about on the show we may be fully no we may be fully yes on but it's always fun to see the pro arguments, the against arguments. You know, when I look at people for the Major League Baseball, the Pro Baseball Hall of Fame, you know, I, I look at people that I think should be in easily. And then I look at people that are kind of on the fence and try to find reasons to push them over the fence. Not to yeah. bring them down, but to push yeah. them over the fence. Yeah. And then there's guys who I don't think should be in that get some of the argument, like a Jeff Kent in Major League Baseball who shouldn't be in but is going to get a lot of votes. Tinkers, CM, Evers, and Chance, yeah. <laughs> C, CM Punk to me is kind of like the Jeff Kent for any baseball fans out there that had a good run, but people are overplaying the good run over the 10 years of lacking str- true significance in the, no, it- in the national and worldwide conversation. No, and I have a baseball corollary for for Sting. I think Sting is probably Dale Murphy, who probably should be in the Hall of Fame. the The big thing about Dave Meltzer's Hall of Fame too is he really wants the best of the best of the best to be in yes. there, and not just any guy. It, it's not. A, it's not. A, it's not. A, he wants hell yes or no. Yeah. That that's what he wants. And to me, CM Punk, you know, going through the facts of his resume, going through the the basis that he maybe had three years where he was really, truly one of the best in-ring wrestlers. He doesn't have the longevity of me. He doesn't no. have the longevity of being culturally significant like a Steve Austin or The Rock. No. Uh, he was never the top guy in any promotion he was in. And you could argue that maybe he was the top guy in the summer of punk run for WWE. And he probably was, but that only lasted three months. So he was never the top guy in a promotion. Um, his heel run in the straight edge society 
was a good mid-card act. It was fun TV, but it's not like it mattered. When did the Straight Edge Society actually matter? It never did. They they weren't going to get behind it, so no. It, it was CM Punk fans loved it. He was getting heel heat, but it didn't matter. And, and that's why I think, I mean, CM Punk probably is a no for me this year. I think he's a no for most voters. It's just how many people vote no on him uh, to where he stays or doesn't stay on the ballot. We'll see. But I could see CM Punk getting voted for as time goes on. And if he came back and main evented a WrestleMania, had another couple years, I think he might have a much, much better case. Yes. But he's probably not coming back. Correct. So we have all the facts we need to have on CM Punk at this point, except for maybe 10 years down the road, people start thinking he's a little bit more significant than he was. Maybe people start seeing that promo in Las Vegas was a bigger deal than anyone thought possible at the time. Well, they're going to start comparing it to modern product. And then, then his, his, his candidacy will increase, I maybe, think. Maybe his Blu-ray and his T-shirts are selling so well five years from now still that he's still a number three merchandise seller for the company. Mm-hmm. And like, this is a guy that drew five years after he left the company. There's a lot of things that I guess could change it, but... To me, I think all the facts are in, and and yeah, I will most likely vote no on this. I just leave it open, you know? Maybe there's someone out there that will debate with me that can change my mind. I doubt anyone's going to take up the pro case on CM Punk that heavily that could change my mind, but you never know. There are other candidates that need that backing. Who should we... Uh, I know Sting's one that it sounds like you can discuss, and I can definitely play devil's advocate on Sting. Oh, yeah. And go the no there, route. There's plenty of no discussions i just think I, and i'm not saying sting's a no-brainer is I mean, Owen, I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you the four that i have on on modern performers and the one i was pondering even though i it. am pondering edge a bit but edge not yet ivan koloff rock and roll express sergeant slaughter and sting and i was thinking about murdoch rock and roll express where are you on them no-brainer should be in okay that's my one slam dunk i think i think you're with a lot of people on that one which yes um, I, I hadn't heard in but previous sure years, that, I hadn't I'm heard not, that much talk about him. I'm but not now, sure if that's my regional bias or not. Okay. But, but I, yes, they should be in. And the Midnight Express is in. Rock and Roll Express should be there with them. I think Kurt Hennig is a definite no. No. I think uh, Sergeant Slaughter is a definite no. Why? You think he's, you think he's a I definite think, yes or you think I, he's I maybe? Think he, I think he's a pretty marginal yes. Okay, I would have to do more research on his previous runs then. Cause, I, cause, I know about Sergeant Slaughter and, and the most of his resume, but I guess I could do more thorough research on that one. The Slaughter Cornodal team drew big bucks in the Carolinas. He drew in the AWA when it sucked. He drew in the WWF in his later runs. And he's a cultural icon in terms of significance and okay. longevity. I think I think Sergeant Slaughter... Has a strong, strong case, and I would, I would vote him in. I would go uh, with the number of military characters that have appeared in pro wrestling. Which one do you think of? Oh, I think of Sergeant Slaughter. Exactly. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah, that might be one uh, worthwhile of a closer uh, look. Sergeant Slaughter, um, Ultimate Warrior, definite no. No, but there are interesting cases for it. I've been listening to, but nobody's going to actually vote for him. Junkyard Dog is an interesting one. Um. I got to go with no on Junkyard Dog. I know people are going to say Mid-South, 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 but that's it. Yeah, he's, 
He's is that enough? If that's enough, then Sting ought to be a slam dunk. Yes. And I don't think Sting's a slam dunk, but I think Sting's a very, very strong candidate. I'll vote for Sting and no one else just to help you out, Jeff. Please do. Uh, I'm tired you, of having this debate. If you have thoughts about Sting or CM Punk in the Hall of Fame or any of the candidates for the modern era. Are you a Brock Lesnar guy Hall of Fame right now? Um, I am not voting for Brock Lesnar this year. Yeah, I don't think not yet. I think you have to hold off. And it's also it's also that, well, are we voting for both wrestling and UFC or just wrestling? Um, well, to me, it's not even that issue. It's the fact that he's still in his best run ever right now. Yes, that's true. And I'm not going to vote for him right now to see what he does. And because my ballot's kind of full. Okay. There's a couple of issues with them. I know there's going to be plenty of time for Brock Lesnar to where I don't have to vote for him right now. Do I think he's going to be a Hall of Famer? Yes. Who do you have on your non-wrestlers? My non-wrestlers. Let me bring up the list. I won't go through the whole thing because I don't think I'm done. No, I don't want to do an up and down. It's just real quick. Um, I think you're only allowed five, right? uh, Let me see. No, I believe I can pick as many as I want. Because I can can make a case for a lot of these guys, and that's sad. But... (laughs) Yeah, I can I can vote for as many as five of them. Yes, I can vote for five. Well, that's good because I think I have five on my list right now. Um, my surefire slam dunk to me is Howard Finkel. Wow. I'm going slam dunk on Howard Finkel. He is going in to me. Okay. He was the voice of this company for 20 years, for that's... longer. He was He's still an announcer that I think, while I don't actually think he would be what people remember, um, you know, people are calling for him to main event... Uh, do the main events on shows and do WrestleMania. I don't, I wouldn't go that far, but he was awesome as a ring announcer. He was, when he announced the rock and Steve Austin to the ring and the undertaker, it was a big deal. I go back to Royal rumble 2000 when he announced Taz's debut. And if you get any other announcer announcing Taz's debut, I don't think I like it as much as I did. No, that's true. And that's modern stuff. You go back to being the ring announcer for the longevity that he had for everything he did behind the scenes and working for WWE. Um, he was an entertaining character when he was involved in skits. I, he's, he was definitely an entertaining ring announcer. That's part of the package. He was a part of the package for the most successful shows in wrestling history for a long okay. time. Fair enough. Howard Finkel to me is a slam dunk. Does, is, does this being monsoon and Ventura's possible last year on the ballot affect you in any, in any way um not really to me um i'm still debating gorilla monsoon because i'm not that familiar yeah. with him jesse ventura with what i'm familiar with is a no oh really okay yeah ventura's i'm, I'm stronger on ventura than i was monsoon to be honest well, with you. i don't really have that much of an opinion on gorilla just because i think ventura was far more influential in terms of the heel commentator but you know the the guys i'm looking at in terms of non-wrestlers that i would definitely put in Mm -hmm. jimmy hart jerry jarrett i think i'd have to put in okerlund and okerlund Okerlund is on my list i'm a bill after guy okay i think bill after deserves to be in i think i think just due to the significance of of the quote-unquote after mags me and carl stern standing on this hill alone i uh there's still, like I said, I'm, I'm not turning bit, in my ballot for weeks, so there's you know, still overlooking I still have to do on this. Both the Crockett's and Gary Hart are kind of iffy with me, but I think Jimmy Hart 
doesn't it? Yeah. Jerry Jarrett's long overdue to me. If you want to convince me one way or another on non-wrestlers, tweet us at at Shake Them Ropes on Twitter or give us our voicemail. Like I said, if you leave us a voicemail on our Skype or phone lines, we will play it on the show. So mm-hmm. give your comments. You can be a part of the show no matter when we're recording. Even you, Robert. Anyone. Anyone at all you want to call in, uh, please, because this is what it's about. I mean, if you want to be a part of the Hall of Fame debate and you think you have a reason why someone should be in or someone should be out, I want to hear it because I'm making this vote and I want it to be an informed vote. You might have convinced me on Finkel. I lo- Finkel was my first slam dunk out of that I mean, entire category. Finkel is a preeminent ring announcer, but I've never really valued ring announcers all that much. But I guess in terms of atmosphere. It's about atmosphere. It's usually the first person you hear. You I think hear their s- voice on WrestleManias. You hear their voice on programs. I mean, that's the first person you hear when you go to a show is the ring announcer. For for some reason, my favorite call of his was really non-consequential, but it's that Royal Rumble where Axe and Smash were one and two. And the fact that he just doesn't even blink an eye when yeah. he's announcing those two things. For some reason, that's my favorite call of his. Yeah, uh, I, Finkel to me is a slam dunk. Okay. But there will be more debate as the weeks go on. Uh, follow at Voices Wrestling too. There's a lot of their shows they're doing this month are about the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame. So if you really want to be a part of this debate, a lot of content up at VoicesOfWrestling.com for the uh, Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame. Uh, a lot of interesting candidates. I know a lot of voters that I've talked to that are filling up their ballot, which is not something that always happens. You can get 10 votes of the wrestler categories amongst all the different regions. Um, I know uh, Chris Harrington is doing a lot on Bleacher Report with the Hall of Fame. Of course, you can go to WrestlingObserver.com if you want information on the Hall of Fame. A lot of different talk about it. It's an interesting month uh, to really figure out where, you know, historical figures, you know, figure in history, to put it that way. Uh, Next week, we'll debate Sting. We can debate Sting on a future show. Uh, We'll also have the results of TakeOver. We're going to talk about and preview Night of Champions also. So we have a lot of stuff to uh, talk about next week on Shake Them Ropes as well. But for this week, we thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye. In a world of one million wrestling podcasts, there is a new shining star with great interviews, analysis, music, and and me, Matt Coon, on total engagement. Go to any podcast platform to listen today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. 
That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.